eat my ass out. Take a bite of my bung. Welcome to Death Metal Classic Satanic Panic one part banger tonight. We're headed to suburban New York in 1984 to find out if there's a satanic cult sacrificing teenagers to Satan in the woods. We could only hope and we only pray. Did Satan finally find a crew willing and worthy to serve him via human sacrifice? Or did a bunch of kids go way too hard on the drugs that they weren't prepared for? We're about to find out after this. Just want to tell you guys we had a great first live show this weekend thanks to everybody who came out we saw tons of you guys listen to the podcast cat the bradshaws i'm gonna forget everyone else uh, <laughs> my homie renee yeah we man it was fucking good shit dude it was fun yeah format was cool you know we did a comedy show we had our producer mark me sam talent then brought everyone back out and i figured the first one would be a total disaster but it wasn't bad at all I'll have that. It'll be up by the time you hear the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube right now, a good time to let everybody know who may not know that we are on YouTube live every time we record the podcast. I've been told it's hard to find, but uh, you all have Facebook. You're telling me on Facebook it's hard to find. I put the link in every time. So if you want to, check it out, man. Give a... Get a subscriberino, take a look at Uh We got some other exciting news to talk about this week. Uh, well, we were approached by like a PR firm, and they want they uh, like what we're doing, which I assume that they just probably looked at numbers of metal podcasts and landed on us. And the guy got in contact with me, and he wants us to start interviewing some of his bands, and uh, they're from all different record labels. It's uh, metal collective. I don't know if I'm explaining things the right way. Anyway, bottom line is this, we're going to start being pretty involved with things like reviewing records, interviewing bands, and we're going to put that out to everybody as many episodes. So the first one we're doing is Harikiri for the sky. And they sent their brand new record that doesn't come out until February 14th. I think it's a, actually a different day than that. That's just Valentine's day. So I said that February 6th, I don't know, it doesn't come out till sometime in next. Well, it is February. It's February, yeah. It's February 20th. That's what it is. And so we're going to do an interview with one of those dudes all the way from Austria on Skype on Wednesday. And that will be put out as a mini episode. So if you're subscribed on iTunes, as you should be, and uh, your feed pops up mini so that's what that's all about. That's a pretty fun post-black metal band. And then you we- mean Monday the 5th. <laughs> what did I say? You said Wednesday. Oh, it's I can't right. stop. I just can't stop. That's okay. You man. found out that it wasn't Wednesday. I, I know, whatever. Who gives a shit? Here's the deal. When you see that mini soda <laughs> pop up in your watch it feed, listen. take a listen. And then we're trying to uh, build up our YouTube. Neither one of us are good at social media stuff, but we've got a couple of videos on there. We've got like our top albums of 2017. There's some other shit on there. A couple of reviews buddy did. And uh, if you like hearing Buddy read, you'll love those. 
And then <laughs> we're going to review Hari Kiri for the Skies, brand new album, Arson, sometime this week. And we'll put that up on YouTube. So be looking forward to that. Be looking forward to us working with more bands. I think that's a makes sense for yeah. a merge. I mean, that's, again, what we're trying to do is make a metal community so the more we can be involved, the more we're trying to. So if you're interested in anything like that, just shoot us an email at deathmetaldicks at gmail.com. Uh, and, of course, we appreciate you guys listening so, so much. This is the best. Yeah. We're having a great time. Uh, if you want to help us out, the easiest thing to do is just get on iTunes, give us a five-star review, and type anything you want to in the comments. You can give us a cool review or type in what your favorite type of fart is or uh, tell us how your aunt's fucking weird pussy scratching stick was on top of the toilet your whole life. And you smelled it. Yeah, I did. That's why I thought about that. I was thinking about that at work today. My aunt used to have like a stick, like a branch Mm -hmm. with a fucking torn off corner of like a washcloth or something rubber banded around it. And it was always covered in like Vaseline or something. And I just didn't know, I didn't know what it was for. Like was she Vaseline in her asshole and couldn't reach. I just never got it, dude. I would think about it all the time. And one time I gave it a smell and Holy <laughs> fuck, man. It was rough. <laughs> man, that sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, weird dude. I don't know if she was cramming it up there and she didn't know about dill hammers or something. I really, she was like watching a national Ge- geographic thing on monkeys. and was like, Oh, monkeys do that. I'll just start scratching my bung with this shit. But yeah, I don't. Uh, no one knows what iTunes is doing algorithm wise, but I do know for a fact that what drives us up in the charts and what helps people like yourselves be able to find us just by giving us a quick search is the reviews and the ratings. That just moves us up. Like on your Facebook feed, you know, when someone likes your post, it pops it back up top. Essentially, the same thing is going on with Apple. So it's not to stroke our ego and make us feel like hell yeah, five stars, and these guys love us. I mean, we like that, but the main thing is it just helps us on the business end of things. And, uh, you know, we're a big old business, boys. Yeah. And some people that like what they hear on the podcast and are sweet satanic angels and just want to help the crew out. You know, we put a lot of time into this podcast. Uh, I just made a post about it online, so I hate saying the same thing twice, but you may not follow me. But, like, this weekend, uh, I worked on Thursday at my regular job. Left from there, drove five hours to a comedy club, did five shows. Four of them were sold out. The Thursday one wasn't, but there's still a ton of people there. I did 30 minutes of comedy on each show and uh, got wrecked after every single one of them. Slept until noon, woke up and did it again the next day, which sounds like nothing, but that shit's tiring as fuck. Comedy Mm. for 30 minutes is hard to do. (laughs) If you're good, you know, it's just a give and take. And then after that, we piled in the car, me and Sam Talenton drove down to do the show in the live podcast. So we got up, drove three hours to that, set that whole thing up, put our, get our recording equipment set up, did the show, got done with the show and hung around with all you guys for like two hours and then drove back, dropped Sam off at the airport. I ended up getting to my house at 4 a.m. I woke up at 6 a.m. to go back to work at my regular job and then after I got off work at that job, I had booked a closing out the show in Tulsa that they have there on Monday nights, which is a great show. Um, met a bunch of cool people. So if you're listening because we met this weekend in Tulsa, welcome. Glad to know you. Glad to have you aboard. And then drove back with my buddy Hunter, who opened for me. Uh, 
he went all the way to Memphis. He's the true soldier, but drove back that night. And uh, I live in Hot Springs, which is an hour away from where I work, which is why I wake up so early. So to cut some time, I was like, I'm just going to stay at one of my friend's house in Little Rock. And uh, I couldn't wake him up, and I was just stuck up there. So he's got a two-level house. The bottom is an apartment, and what would just be the upstairs of a house is an apartment, but they're separated and cut off. So I went up the stairs, and they just have like a two-foot by six-foot landing and I couldn't get him to come to the roar, so I just put my fucking backpack down and slept right there for about three hours. And then went to work, and then came home, and then had to work on the goddamn podcast. So, I uh, put a lot of work in. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you, you know, if it's just uh, <laughs> not trying to sound cool, but if, if you're into this, uh, everything helps. Reviews, uh, we've got some real sweet satanic baby angels that get onto our Patreon, which is patreon.com backslash death metal dicks. At least take a look at it because I do an extra podcast there every week where I just kind of go through all the true crime stories and riff on them a little bit. So you get news and a little bit of me being a silly fuck. And then there's all types of other tiers. We going to tell you about who all of our highest tier patrons are at the end of the podcast. Just a lot of cool stuff. I think we got, we got stickers, And we're working on getting more merch. That's the only reason why we're doing any type of fundraising is just to further the podcast. So we've been able to get stickers, try and get shirts, working on websites. All that stuff, unfortunately, costs money. And we just want to have cool shit to give to you guys and then you guys to like what we're doing enough, just like, you know, a band would. So we appreciate any support that we can get. Like I said, patreon.com backslash deathmetaldicks. If you feel so moved to donate, a few people have found it easier to go through um, PayPal. And our email address is deathmetaldicks at gmail.com. Just go right through that. And if you're a real fancy boy, a couple of people have gotten at us through Venmo. And you can just find me, Christopher Pierce, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R Pierce. If that's something that tickles your fancy, no pressure. We just appreciate you guys listening so much. And we love doing this. And, uh just doing the work, having more time to do the work and having a cool products to send you guys is all we're trying to do. All right. So this week gave you that sweet intro. We're talking all about Richard Allen Casso jr. AKA Ricky, AKA the acid King. Such a cool fucking man. Yeah, dude. Ricky was born to a school teacher and a football coach in Northport, New York on March 29th, 1967. Now, North Point is an upper-middle-class suburb about 90 minutes from New York City. It's where families want to have access to the city but have enough money to want the country life family experience. (sighs) Like any suburb atmosphere, it seems safe enough to let kids roam free. All the kids in this town are pretty wealthy, so the freedom gets abused as they grow into rebellious teens, get all hot and horny, and get bored with all the regular shit that they've been spoiled with their whole life. Yeah, I mean, sex is pretty much the thing when you're a kid that just keeps you going, it seems like. you know, Yeah, like man. Domino's pizza guy, you're like, cool, man, I got this here cheese pizza, and then you're fucking thinking about Miss Claremore in your English class. It's not that hot, and you realize it when you get older, but you've been jerking to her, you know, and you're like, fuck, man, I want to get up in that fucking English pussy, but you can't. Well, it's an unrelenting boner. I mean, especially before you have any sort of sexual experience, you have no idea what it feels like, and it just... It's a constant drain on you just having a hard fucking cock drain. or perhaps a <laughs> wet puss, whatever you got down there. It just is 
never stops when you're a teenager. Just a powerful horniness that drives all the stupid shit that you do all the time. Yeah. You can't even help it. It's just the way your body works. It's the way every teenager's body works, which is horrifying because I got two kids. You got two stepkids that are at some day going to go into puberty. And I don't, you're just, teenagers are nightmares, man. Yeah, man. They're just a fucking mess. I remember, I mean, you just want to fucking sit around and smack your dick with a remote control. You know what I mean? It's yeah. a <laughs> yeah, it's horrible a process. Funny. And <laughs> I just hope, I mean, I, I, it's not that I hope my kids aren't like I was when I was a teenager, but I hope that I'm cool. Like I, you know, we were raised by grandparents. They didn't give a fuck. They're too old to relate yeah. and care. I just want to be cooler than that. Cause Jesus Christ, man, I just felt like I was in a desperate state all the time with no <laughs> idea what to do about fucking anything. Yeah, I remember. I remember my grandpa would be like, "You take a lot of showers." <laughs> <laughs> man, remember that one time, dude? One time your grandpa was like, "Red birds and just take a shower." So I fucking was trying to sneak up on you, dude, and I fucking I did sneak up, but you didn't even know I came in because I was gonna scare the shit out of you. Because, buddy, if you're ever in a bathroom around Buddy and you can't deadbolt the door, he'll get in there. I don't know. See, I've always done it since I met him. If you're showering, shitting, pissing, doesn't matter. But he's gonna pick a stupid fucking head in there and make it weird for you. So one time I thought I was gonna get him back. And I sneak into the fucking bathroom, and he's in there blaring like Exodus or some shit, and he's up on his fucking tippy toes, jacking off hard as fuck. And I, was behind him. I just got the fuck out of there. I didn't say anything. I didn't tell him about it for months. It's like, God damn it, man. Joke's on fucking me again, oh, dude. Man. Yeah, I fucking blasted the hell out of that shower, too. I'll get the shower, a shower. Oh, my God. And then uh, Ricky has super strict football coach dad. You know that type, man. He probably calls anything new to his life gay. Probably calls Ricky a faggot. Probably expects Ricky to play pro football and get all A's in school. Like a Hank Hill type of strict asshole, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky gets tired of that guy's bullshit quick. Starts listening to some cocaine tunes like Ozzy, Maiden, ACDC, Judas Priest. Then, of course, at age 11, he starts smoking weed. That's a quick jump into that, don't you think? I forgot how old I was when I first tried weed. That makes sense. But I think the first person I ever spoke with was my mom. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that really makes sense. And then he started drinking at age 12, so he's partying hard. Getting fucked up eventually becomes Ricky's main passion in life. And he's into heavy shit. LSD, mescaline, PCP, really whatever he can get his hands on. And quickly, Ricky figures out the best way to be cool is to sell drugs. Plus, selling drugs keeps drugs on hand, and you don't have to get a job to pay for them. No. And he's selling them for cheap, too, man. He just wants to be the guy. He wants to have drugs, and uh, he's not trying to make money. He's just trying to make friends. He becomes the fucking guy in town. You know what I mean? That guy. You know the fucking guy. Dude. Driving a Camaro and shit. Fuck, man. A Camaro. Dude, the Camaro is the fucking... It, it, remember, remember that motherfucker that used to ride that? He had the yellow Camaro, dude. And it was like, there's a shitty classic rock station. It was called Magic 105, but he had a Magic 105 Camaro, oh, dude. Oh, yeah, and we he, would see him every time on our way. And to he ben. would just be blasting scorpions yeah. and he had some rocking-ass mullet, man. Yeah, it was he like, was man, living the lifestyle. If Ricky Castle would have made it, dude. Yeah, well, being that Ricky was on the same path as most TGIF bartenders, you know, the ones in their late 40s who do coke and try to go home with big ladies or anywhere that their kids are not at. Yeah. Either that or the TGIF fucking bartender is the uncle of the century. Ricky drops out of school 
and his parents have him admitted to the South Oaks Psychiatric Hospital, formerly known as the Amityville Asylum. Damn. Like where, oh, fuck, like where Amityville is? Like the Amityville Horror House? Or? Have you ever heard of another Amityville? Yeah, if, I mean, there's got to be. But have you ever heard of one? Probably. And did I tell you he's in New York? Yeah. And his Amityville house in New York? Is it in New York? I thought it was in Jersey or some shit. I mean, same same area, same shit. Everybody smells all garlicky and make fucking Alfredo sauce. <laughs> you know, I know that you can uh, educate people and help people learn a lot of things and do a lot of things, but one uh, reasoning and on-the-fly thinking and putting things together. How do you get someone to do that? If you have that information, deathmetaldicts at gmail.com, and I would really like to get Buddy to start moving along on his feet. Yeah. The problem is I'm not drunk tonight. Yeah, that could <laughs> be true. So the main difference is that you're noticing that you don't think on your feet as opposed to being drunk and thinking you're doing a kick-ass job. <laughs> yeah, malt liquor helps me out, man. Yeah, you're a malty boy. I love a malt. <laughs> After treatment, Ricky gets back on the good shit. You know what I mean? I don't think that uh, anything that he's taken is addictive. Except, uh, I, Is PCP addictive or do people oh, just yeah. get whacked out of it? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's weird, man. So that's the only addictive hallucinogen, right? Maybe ketamine? I don't think ketamine's addictive, though. No, I don't either, man. Because I don't really. I mean, I never really saw a lot of that when I was working at the treatment center. I did see PCP and Sherm, really? you know. Just, so what's yeah. it? I mean, it is. It's made out of formaldehyde, right? Yeah. So just the uh, shitty chemicals in it get you hooked. Yeah, I guess like they just soak some fucking uh, tobacco or weed in it and roll blunt up and smoke that shit, and they're next thing you know they got a fucking net on their head trying to keep from spitting on people or saying <laughs> dumb shit like. Titty squeeze themselves. Man, you remember shit. that time we saw a dude in the middle of the street in Hot Springs doing karate and dancing and shit in the street and then got smashed by a fucking car and yep. just ran the hell off? Yeah, he got taken away, man. <laughs> <laughs> More ways than one. Yeah. He's fucking gone. He was PCP in it hard for sure. But yeah, I don't get that. Uh, uh, psychedelics are so profound or terrifying. I don't. I couldn't see doing it over and over again. I don't know, man. I mean, it's just got to have Well, it. no one's addicted to acid. No one's addicted to mushrooms. Mm-mm. No. No one's addicted to DMT. Nope. I don't know, man. There's got to be some kind of chemical makeup that's like yeah. a, an addicting thing. Yeah, something in that fucking formaldehyde, I guess. Uh, so Ricky's next cool move is getting all the local stoners into the best things in life. Ricky walks into the library of stone as hell and finds the books on Satanism they have. And like all of us, he fell in love with how cool it all looks and sounds. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Ricky begins throwing together his own ceremonies, which is basically a Dungeons and Dragons game of him naming off demons, which to us as adults sounds boring. But remember, Ricky's got all those cool ass drugs, so I bet at the age 16 and 17, take his acid and listen to the names of demons kicks fucking ass. Oh man, <laughs> I would do that now. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The start of Ricky's trouble is he ends up getting arrested for digging up Indian skulls in a cemetery from the 1600s. Fuck. Which sounds super metal, and it is, but he's not keeping it just to be cool. He's actually selling and trading the skulls for drugs. That's even cooler. I know, man. <laughs> That's like, way cooler. You try and tell me something more fun than blasting metal, worshiping Satan, taking drugs, and skull trafficking. 
there's nothing cooler than that. Man. I know. <laughs> Maybe making a big ass like fucking totem pole out of the fucking heads and then like turn it into some kind of cool bong that you can smoke LSD out of if you can smoke LSD. Yeah, this shit sounds like a ton of fun to me, dude. Yeah, there's not. That's yeah. I want to do this. <laughs> he gets arrested for that, and he's in deep shit with his family. Less than a month after the arrest, Ricky comes down with a gnarly case of pneumonia. Cast a fucking spell of protection, my guy. Yeah, Summon man. those demons up and get those lungs looked after. Do the original fucking, you know, meeting a medicine man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's your shit. And then, uh, while he's spending time in the hospital trying to get over his pneumonia, his shit ass parents come and try to have him involuntarily committed for psychiatric care. Good move. But then the doctors conclude that while Ricky exhibits antisocial behavior he is neither psychotic nor a violent danger so ricky is released back into the streets after he recovers from pneumonia how do you gauge that somebody's like antisocial behavior especially in new york city at the time like, well, it's yeah well it's not the city it's the suburbs and they oh, suburbs. they just said yeah. that he exhibits uh exhibits antisocial behavior they didn't say not the personality disorder, just the behavior. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which I've had that said about me before. I think, I mean, all it is is when you're into some, what, 1980s people would think is spooky shit. Yeah. And they want someone to talk to you about it. And when they talk to you, you just don't fucking pay attention to them. You blow I think them what off. it is, man, is that you don't like the same things that ever, like, the norm likes. So they're just right. like, oh, that's they, antisocial. They're, yeah, they're that's fucking weird. But they're just saying it's, uh, again, just some of the traits. Not that he has antisocial personality disorder. Okay. But his parents want him committed. Like I said before, they sent him to that mental institution. He got out, and that was basically a, a drug treatment scenario, which I know I knew tons of kids when I was going to school that would get busted smoking weed one time, and their fucking parents would send them to rehab and shit. Yeah. Like, what did they just get to the rehab? Because, you know, the parents are paying for the rehab. So I assume they just get there, and then the parents are like, or they, the rehab is like, well, that's not a goddamn problem. They're just smoking some weed. Yeah. But they want the parents' money, so they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen this type of thing before. This could lead down a dark road. you got to let us help your kid out. It's so funny. Like, whenever we worked at the place, man, we get a couple, like, 18-year-olds that come in and they get busted with weed, and so the state would send them because it was, like, a, a court order thing. And there's this old guy that would come in, and he, he'd be like, what you in here for? And he'd be like, weed. He's like, God damn it, boy. He's like, weed got you in here. You better not try no other shit either. He's like... He's like, man, I tell you what, I had a problem with cheeseburgers, but uh, he's like, man, if, if you're if you got a kind of, I don't give a fuck what it is, it's cheeseburgers is gonna give you some fucking issues. You got to live your life the right way according to the Lord. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude. Man, I'm addicted to food for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because like, uh, you know, I've been on. I did. I haven't traveled for like a month, and dude, I've fucking nailed it. Like, I've drank liquor, no beer, and I've only been eating like. Basically, meat and eggs and shit. Like, high fat, no sugar, no starch. Feeling great. Feeling like I'm looking better, dropping weight. And then, as soon as I got out of the house this weekend, and I was even thinking about being disciplined and, like, buying the Quest bars I eat beforehand and just trying to stick to a certain path. And we got to the club, and they serve food, and it's good food for free. And then I was with Sam's wild ass, so we just started going to town on cheeseburgers and tots and fuck. Actually, the first night, I only ate wings, <laughs> and then uh, I saw those boys cutting loose and having beers, and I was like, man, fuck this shit. I'm all in. And just, like, <laughs> yeah, drank dude. one beer and went off to the goddamn races. <laughs> I, like, drank a beer and then went to the gas station and got 
hot Cheetos and dill pickle chips and just <laughs> fucking pounding beers in the hotel room laughing at live PD. Got like a fat piece of shit that I really want to be, you know? It's like the smelliest belly button. Dude. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Hot Cheeto dill pickle smell. <laughs> yeah, dude. But yeah, back to it. It's fucked up that he's on death's doorstep. Bad enough. I mean, he's like, he's not all the way kicked out, but his parents are tired of his bullshit. Uh, you know, he's dropped out of school, I said, and a lot of times he stays outside. You know, his parents have either kicked him out or he's run away. They don't have a good relationship, and I'm sure anything that comes up, he just storms the fuck out of the house and then ends up sleeping outside. Wow. So he's quasi a street kid, so I'm sure he got sick and then stayed outside, and it compounded into pneumonia, and his parents come in, and they're trying to get him committed, which they probably meant well, you know? In the 80s, like, goddamn Maury, goddamn Oprah, goddamn Sally Jesse Raphael... I mean, this is the golden age of that satanic panic shit. Anything to, so your, your parents are thinking anything to do with heavy metal, wearing black clothes, you're in league with Satan, which of course Ricky is getting all horny about now. And especially if they saw him draw a pentagram or a Baphomet oh, yeah. or anything, they're thinking he's Damien Eccles. And yeah, the Geraldo Rivera special is the one that really. Got oh yeah, they're all dude. It's just uh, you know, before when before there was a lot of cable channels. And a lot of variety to watch. Shit like this just grabs so much attention. It was the easiest route to go down. And all those shows, they talk about fake news and shit now. It was just things that were in the media that got tons of attention for news shows. And then those cheesy-ass talk shows would just take, just like Jerry Springer does now, totally made up, but not tell you that. Yeah. So they would just take these topics and have all these kids come in and talk about how the devil's ruining their life, how being addicted to crack cocaine is ruining their life. Just all this crazy shit all the time to get ratings. And the people that were living in suburban New York and small towns everywhere, they didn't have dick to do but sit around and watch TV. Like one pair worked and had tons of money, so the other one just sat around the house and fucking blasted their coot with their Vaseline stick and watched talk shows all day. They didn't know any better. You couldn't exactly Google, is it true or not? You just received the information or like, well, it's on the TV. It's got to be a fact yeah. and freak the fuck out about everything. I mean, you remember when uh, Judas Priest got blamed for that suicide? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absurd. It's everything. There was so much shit like that back in the 80s. Ozzy got blamed for suicide. Yeah. ACDC got blamed for the fucking Night Stalker. I mean, and Marilyn Manson got blamed for Columbine even after the internet existed. And speaking of which, Marilyn Manson was at the venue across from the comedy club we were at on Friday. Holy and shit. I was fortunate enough to be outside when that concert lit out. You just talk about a Marilyn Manson concert in Springfield. It was tremendous. I mean, everyone was like 40. Dude, I saw a 50-year-old guy that was still like, I know they weren't new. You know, what do you, what, uh, you know, the, like the ripstop Jinkos, yeah, like yeah. the parachute yeah. material ones. This motherfucker had gray hair, balding, and a Marilyn Manson shirt that he had just bought on and like the black and blue pants with a big Punisher looking skull on the side, giant chain wall that was big enough to accompany such pants. You couldn't see his shoes. Oh I just my blown God. the fuck away. There's so know, many people kinda... that just walked outside and stripped their fucking shirt off and were like, well, yeah, the pit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Where do you pit to to Marilyn Manson? <laughs> it's know, so dude. crazy, man. I know what kind of shoes he's wearing. He's wearing some fucking soaps. You know? Yeah, probably he's so. Like, I couldn't see man. them. They're covered up. I'm going <laughs> to grind some shit. You ready, motherfucker? Watch this curb. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely fucking bonkers. And then the people, 
the comedy club has like a bar too. So the people started to trickle in there. Like, well, I think that's a sign that it's time to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I would have stayed around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, I tried. Like, it's funny to look at, but then once they start coming into your, like, we, there was like a mom that was outside talking to me and Sam, and she, and then this group came up to her, and it was a really young girl, still, I mean, I'm talking early 20s, and still looking like a 1999 mall goth. So like weird. a real short hair, and you know how, when uh, people would dye their hair black and part it in the middle yeah. and not do it for a few months, and they had, like, red hair in the middle you could see, just all fucked off and trailery, and then had two <laughs> dudes with her, and they fucking come up to the fence because they're too young to get in the bar, and they're like, Mom, where's the car parked at? I need some fucking smokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Sam asked them if... Uh, that was her daughter, and she was like, yeah, and I guess my inherited son-in-law was like, Jesus Christ, man, we got to get out of this shit. <laughs> the lady was, like, trying to go to her car to give me a cue ball with the Arkansas Razorbacks on it. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. You know that type of shit, man. That's just yeah. good old Southern culture. Like, oh, yeah, you're from Arkansas. I got something from Arkansas. Let me give it to you. Yeah. Those are the people that scratch their head over potato chips. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, man, made these uh, barbecue chips. They made a trailer dust. Yeah, dude. Trailer dust is the quintessential chip seasoning. Everything that's cooked <laughs> in a trailer that just sticks on the roof and then meth. dries up and fucking flakes off. Fucking meth chips, man. Somebody yeah, man. needs to hit that shit up, man. Dude, yeah, man. I mean, it, it's just like chewing on teeth. Ugh. All right. Well, Ricky's main crew consists of his best friend, Jimmy Turiano. They met playing football at age 13. Soon after they met, they quit that to do drugs, listen to rat, and drop out together. God damn. Albert Quinoez is another local mutant, still in high school, but likes to party with the boys of Satan's Kids Club. And Gary Lowers, who is as big of a loser as Ricky, but didn't even sell, but doesn't sell drugs like Ricky. You know what I'm saying? Gary runs away all the time, and his parents are at a point where they just don't give a fuck about it anymore, you know? Yeah. So he runs away, he's home, he's not, who gives a shit? Maybe they're just fucking, dude. Right. Uh, and now... Um, That's the most evil shit you can do, is be gay. Yeah. You're yeah, we talked about that dude. before, and then another yeah. podcast talked about us talking about it. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, the old Rob Halford... Uh, I fucked up and didn't write something down, so I'm being a dumb shit and looking around. Um... What that was? I'm trying to remember the name of their fucking crew. It's so funny. I don't know how the hell I forgot it. Uh, it's like uh, I'll find it. Knights of the Black Circle. That's what it is. So oh. they they have this crew called Knights of the Black Circle. Now, so I found a couple things online, but it wasn't an official source that said that they had done satanic rituals up at the Amityville Horror House. Sweet. Which uh, I don't th- I don't think that it. Like the murders that happened yet, it was supposedly haunted before that guy moved in and killed his whole family. I don't. No, think... no, no, that happened before that. That was like what year was that? In seventies, sixties, or seventies when that happened. Okay, it's, well, okay, but there was one killing, right? And then, uh, let's think about Amityville for a second because I was thinking about this the other day. There was one killing. There was two family murders in the house, right? Like there was a killing there, and then the house was for sale, and then the other family bought it, and then that guy killed his whole family too, right? I. I think so. I don't know, man. That's the premise of the movie. Like, it's a murder house, and then the same thing happens to the next guy. And then the uh, Lorraine, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren Warren went up and investigated it and shit. I'm pretty sure that's right. I mean, uh, as far as the movie So maybe goes. it was in between. But I think that 
what they figured out in the whole thing is that it was all bullshit. I mean, you know, yeah. when the guy went to prison for murdering his whole family and shit, it was like easy to break down the lies and inconsistencies, especially of the stupid fucking Warrens. But I think in real life, there was a murder there. I think a guy killed his family. It was vacant for I don't know how many years. And then the same thing happened again. And I think the second guy was like a super big piece of shit. And he was just like, oh, I'm possessed <laughs> by this waking guy. up at three o'clock every night. Which yes. Is That's the witching hour. The w- <laughs> yeah. The hour was a witch. It's when I leave the fuck eyes. <laughs> a dirty little bitch. I suck on men's thighs. <laughs> Mustache my mouth. <laughs> With you on a cone. <laughs> All right. So one summer party night, the whole squad is at some house party. Wishing Slayer would hurry up and come out when Ricky goes too hard on the drugs and passes out. Fuck yeah. Seizing the opportunity, Garen Lowers goes into sleeping Ricky's jacket and ganks 10 bags of PCP from him. Fuck. And, of course, he takes that to go party with. Teenagers have no ethics. Somebody snitches, and everyone finds out that Gary took Ricky's drugs. What the hell? The crew meets up about a week later at the cool hangout spot, which is actually a gazebo in New Cal Harbor Park. Woo! Everything seems fine between Ricky and Gary. So Jimmy, Ricky, Gary, and Albert each take 10 hits of LSD. Oh, wow. I always hear about people doing double-digit hits of acid. I don't think I could handle that. No. That's how you turn into Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that shit. It sounds so scary, man. The most I've ever taken is four, and we watch Conan. <laughs> yeah. And still, 30% of my day, I just think about how horny I am to go on a quest. <laughs> I just wanted to do it, man. I crave adventure. <laughs> Well, we just need like some little Asian dude to announce everything we're gonna do, like in that oh, movie. Man, I just you know that's what really makes it because he's like, "Don't type me goat." Yeah, for sure. No, we need a narrator, and they need to be like, "And this is how I met them, and it only makes sense that it happened this way." It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> just like that guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, my ideal world is if we got rid of every. Cheat weapon, guns, crossbows, just fucking let's go back to swords. Bow and arrows are cool, man. Battle axes. Battle axes. Yeah, that ruled. Maces. I wanted to be a fucking round swinging that shit around yeah. instead. Catapults, man. We just made killing people so impersonal, and now you can never go on a fucking adventure again. You can't go on an adventure and have gunfights and shit. That's lame. Yeah, pears. Those were cool, man. Yeah. Those, like, fucking things they used to shove up women's uh, butts or... Oh, yeah. Or their I thought you and... said parrots. <laughs> hey, Those man. aren't cool. I fucking hate birds, man. Yeah. A bird for a pet? What the fuck is that all about? I don't know, man. Stinking, fucking tapping their face on fake bones all day. Robinson Crusoe-ass shit. Having sex with bells. They fuck bells? That's cool, man. That's the original. <laughs> yeah, that's something <laughs> they just, like, swing on bells and fucking ting ding 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 Fuck pet birds. They stink. They're loud as fuck. Nothing says... I'm, Only fucking carnies own them? Yeah. I was going to say, nothing says I'm fucking poor as shit than having a pet bird in your house. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to make a decision between renting a movie from Redbox or four packets of ramen. I guarantee you own a bird. <laughs> God damn it, man. The creamy chicken ramen? 
Yeah, that's the one. It's got more sustenance because it's creamy. Yeah, just a bunch of somebody put cornstarch in the dehydrated ramen <laughs> juice packet. God damn it, man! I like a good ramen, but fucking trailer ramen, it's fine and all. But I, I just don't mind it, man. I don't like giving it to my kids because I feel like I've fucking come further than that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, come on, guys. You know, I like to. Dad uh, works real hard. Can we just pretend like we're not white trash for a while? <laughs> it takes a bit of time, and what you do? They love it, man. It's the same shit as uh, like candle wax. What? Yeah. Candle wax. It's got wax on that shit. That's why you're not supposed to eat it. What? Fucking ramen. Ramen noodles, like the brand. It's got wax. Not weed wax, but wax. (laughs) Just wax wax? (laughs) Yeah. All right, so the group starts tripping on LSD, and they head back into the Aztecica woods. I'm sure that's not how you say it, because this New York is probably like, Aztecica! The Aztecica woods there. And they start a fire. Are you hitting something? Because they're yeah, stop. I'm sorry, man. So much. I it's cool. My, it just yeah. is gonna fuck the podcast up. We were out here. We're professionals and well known. <laughs> the group heads into the Aztecia woods and they start a fire using Gary's socks and the sleeves to his denim jacket. Which is cool as fuck. That's <laughs> one of the first fucking battle jackets. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. And then uh, here's where it gets weird, man. Because you got to think if you're taking. Ten hits of acid, and you're sitting around a fire. Isn't that cool enough? No. It's not for these fucking morons, because they start smoking PCP. I don't know. Wow. (laughs) I don't know what the normal dosage of fucking PCP is, dude, but they, uh... I don't think any amount is normal. Well, not normal. ten hits of acid, especially. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can just... All right, so you're taking acid, right? Yeah. And usually when you take acid, it's uh, pretty smooth. Like there's not a, uh, I mean, you you don't, maybe when you take 10 hits of it, but when we were growing up and people would show cartoons of like tripping out on drugs and shit like that, there would be all these hallucinations and shit. Like you would see different worlds and cartoons and prisms in the sky and shit like that. I, I've never had a, a visual hallucination, but everything kind of comes alive. Is that a good way to explain yeah. it? Like, uh, you you can see, like, all your veins. Everything's real bright and vivid, and there's kind of, like, a, a motion to everything. Yeah. And a lot of, and like, things will kind of start to connect. Like, if you're outside and you look at the stars, it looks like uh, the stars look like those, like, unfortunately, that dude, Alex Gray, that makes all the art for those Tool albums really nails what every psychedelic looks like in those yeah. frat boy. Like, every frat room is littered in those pers- posters, which doesn't mean he's not a cool artist, but, like, that eyeball that he does, you know? I think it's on some Tool album, like, a real colorful eyeball. Like, do you see that? Like, that's what a star looks like. Yeah. It's, like, you know, three or four colors, super bright, and it's, like, that football shape, and then they all, like, the, you know... Everything's kind of exaggerated, so the beams from the stars kind of make a cage-looking effect, and that'll shift around. Trees look like they're alive, like melted and moving, and uh, it feels great. It's a lot of fun, you know, but it's not like, uh, again, it's not like jumping off a cliff. And, uh, you know, mushrooms, if you take a lot of mushrooms, you can it's volatile. You know, you just have like a giant. We've talked about yeah. us wigging out plenty of times. And uh, so... PCP introducing that into it. Uh, that, yeah, that's what that's, I'm thinking. Uh, and also acid, man. It uh, one thing I notice is that if you're if you're on like a dark path of thought, I'm you don't necessarily have a bad experience, but it's easy to start thinking about some really evil shit. You know, yeah. like oh, you yeah. you and it it 
it's not like uh, you're doing it or seeing yourself do it, but you don't feel like you shouldn't be thinking about it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. ripping someone apart. It, it just like watching Conan and that shit. You just yeah. think about doing that, and you're like, "Yeah, man." <laughs> what do you think about it in the context of like an adventure? But you're not thinking about it in the context of like, "I want to fuck this ripped up body." Right. Yeah. And what I understand about PCP is that entirely detaches you from reality. Like that does have visual hallucinations, and I imagine especially coupled in with uh, LSD. You know, you have your brain going down a certain pathway and then the PCP detaches you from reality and they were using this stuff a lot. So I think that if you take PCP, you have these things that you see in front of you that are happening, like you're doing it, but you're not actually doing it, but it feels like you're doing it at the time. But then when you come down off the drug, you didn't actually do it. So if you mix acid with that, you're probably off in just an entirely different world, you know? I think Ricky Castle might be my dad, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you why he's not here in just a little bit. <laughs> but, yeah, so Jimmy Churiano is basically the main voice for this case because he ended up being the person that goes on trial. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. So they smoke 120 hits of PCP. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. I don't know what a normal dosage of a PCP user is. This sounds like a lot. That sounds like a lot, man. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it turns violent. Ricky starts a fight with Laurels, bites him on the neck, stabs him in the chest. Gary gets up and starts to get away. Ricky somehow gets him back and starts stabbing his chest 30 times. God. Stabs his face seven times. Stabs his eyes out. Fuck. Just cramming the knife in his knife. Almost Andre Chikatilo style. Remember how he was first cutting their eyes out? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he changed his mind and just started scrambling his eyes around like that two guys, one hammer video. We about knife. That, a oyster? Yeah, exactly. Ugh, fuck. And he, the whole time... Now, this is my take on it because as you'll see when we get to the trial... When you're on that many drugs, you're not going to remember anything in the accurate way that it happened, you know? Yeah. So they, two witnesses that are alive, say that the entire time Ricky is just screaming crazy, satanic shit, which makes sense to me. Again, I'm trying to give it to you how I think it actually happened. Uh, He's stabbing him, screaming like the names of demons and shit. And that's just because that's what he's into at the time. You know, he's reading uh, the satanic Bible. He's going through history books and trying to find out whatever he can about demonology, Satanism, and that's probably what's going on in his brain. So he's just screaming that shit out. He moves from the chest to the face, and right before he strikes his face, he tells Gary, say you love Satan. And then Gary says, I love my mom, and he starts stabbing his face and cutting his fucking eyes out. Yeah, well... Have you have you seen that show on Netflix, uh, Occult Crimes? No, dude, it is such bullshit, man. Because they're like talking about the Satanic Bible, like the Levian one, and it's like, "Well, the Satanist gets power and pleasure from pain." And then he's like giving this whole oh this whole God. thing, and then they're like, the, "The Christians are this and that," and then it's like no real accurate like anything. It's just yeah, typical course, bullshit. You That's know? I to have that still going on in 2017. It's just whatever sells, man. That's all it ever is. And we'll talk about that more after the trial, go into the media stuff a little bit. So, um, 
What just happened? I forgot what I was talking about. Nah, stabbing the <laughs> eyes, naming oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So say you love Satan. The crime's over with, right? Um, the next move is goddamn hilarious. I mean, it's hilarious. It's sad that someone's dead. Yeah, yeah. These boners decide that they want to show all their friends the cool shit that they just did. All right. So Ricky and Jimmy start going out, telling people that they sacrificed Gary to Satan. (laughs) (laughs) And again, Gary's parents don't really give a fuck about Gary. You know, he's hardly ever there. So they, they had reported him missing before when he started all this shit, but the last 20 or 30 times he's been out of the house, they haven't reported it at all. It's just business as usual. He's gone for months at a time. So they're running around telling people and people are like, Oh bullshit. And so they start taking people to the body. Genius move, right? I mean, as we know from covering murders, if you want to get away with a murder, you don't want to tell anybody about the murder and certainly don't want to show anybody that you sacrifice somebody to Satan. But they take about 12 kids out there over the course of a week. Am I still, man? I mean, I wonder if they're still tripping, though. I mean, that amount nah, of drugs. Dude. You don't think so? No, nah, for sure not, man. The they can't. I don't know. Man. Um, I mean, there there is probably some residual effects. There's some long term effects. I, I got a feeling. Well,. I watched uh, Intervention one time on this dude that was hooked on PCP. And that was another reason why I was wondering, because everyone I ever saw on Intervention that had a PCP problem, they were addicted to something else. Yeah. And they would do that. Like, this dude was schizophrenic, banging meth, and then hitting PCP after the meth. Was he schizophrenic before he was doing the PCP? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, PCP is crazy as shit, man. I've, oh, yeah, I've dealt man. with people like having to treat them like for dude. I, man, I had a dude shitting in the middle of the floor one time and singing songs. Hell yeah! He took his pants off and he was just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Hey man, you want to go shit in the toilet?" He's like, "What?" And like, <laughs> picked his poop up and went to the toilet and flushed it. Oh yeah, of course, man. God, <laughs> so stupid, man. Fuck my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Not with shit in it. Ugh. And uh, after about a week of that. They get tired of uh, this, you know? They're just yeah. fucking bored with it. They're teenagers. And then they start to think, like, well, we probably need to cover this shit up. They go back out there, and they dig a shallow grave. They go to take his body and put it in there. And Jimmy says that he was helping him put the body in, and when they picked him up, his fucking head just fell off. Oh, fuck. And so they had to put the head in there and then bury the whole thing. Ugh. And while they're doing that, they're talking, and they come up with this plan that they're going to go to California. They're tired of being where they're at. He's got a ton of drugs, so he skips on his drug dealer and just takes everything that he has off to California with him. They're hitchhiking down there, and uh, they leave town. And that same day, one of the girls that has seen the body calls police and says, Hey, I can't tell you who I am, but I know that Gary's dead and in the woods. And the cop is like, Hang on a second, and looks through the missing persons that are active. Doesn't see Gary. Again, his parents didn't give a fuck, didn't report him missing. And just shrugs the fucking phone call off. And is like, tell me your name. She's like, I, I can't do that. And then she hangs up on him. Oh, fuck. So that cop tells another cop. A cop's like, and you didn't follow up on it at all. And he's like, no, nah, she said she knows where the body is. And they just star 69 that hoe. And, or 60, yeah, 69, star 69. Call her back. And then get a hold of her. And she basically says, these are the two guys that killed... Gary, I know where the body is, and so they go out into the woods, and they take and the body and move. They went and buried it, so she took them to where it was at, 
They didn't see the body right there. They call in four cadaver dogs. They start combing the forest. Doesn't take them very long to discover a bloody scalp, which is the top of his dismembered head. And then they find the entire body. And then they start putting the word out. Hey, we got to get a hold of Ricky and Jimmy. There are number one suspects in the area. The same time, Ricky and Jimmy in one day had only made it 160 miles away from where they were at. They don't have a ride. So they go into town and they start selling their drugs. Oh, yeah. and they sell enough of it to buy some shit-ass $1,000 car, and then they are going to drive that to California. Well, by the time it all takes place, apparently they're bored. And now they want to go... Bored gets thrown around a lot by these dipshits. Apparently they want to go back to fucking Northport and see the whole gang again, which is what you were trying to get away from in the first place. What's changed? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So they come back to town, and they go to a big raging party. And there's no cell phone, so no one alerts the cops that they're there. But Ricky and Jimmy get as fucked as usual, and then they fall asleep in this shit car that they've just bought. Someone calls and reports a suspicious vehicle with people sleeping inside of it. A cop shows up, sees them, and is like, oh, fuck, it's those killers, and freaks out, calls for backup. They approach, and they just find the kids pass the fuck out. You know what I mean? And uh, they're all in a drugged-out haze, so they easily take them into the police department, and by that time, word's out. I mean, it's a small town. New York City's close. The media swarms it. And it's, of course, two teenagers. And it's already out that it was a satanic sacrifice because that's what they had been telling everybody. So now it's a giant deal. And the media watches Jimmy and Ricky come in to get processed. And that's the infamous picture that and video that you'll see of Ricky when they're pulling him in, he's wearing an ACDC shirt and he's like coming off of acid and PCP. So he's all fucking crazy eyed and shit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're, they're pulling him in. And of course he's saying that he had nothing to do with it. No, they don't know anybody named Gary. They don't know about any crime. And, uh, they just snapped the picture of that wily eyed boy. And that's it, man. Off to the satanic races. We've got sac- satanic cults in the woods near New York city. They've just been sacrificing teenagers and cops are about to expose this whole fucking coven cult and blow it wide open and get to the bottom of the war of God versus Satan. And then it's around the same time as like the Cropsy thing. Yeah, maybe. I think it was like in the 80s. I know Cropsy. I just don't know the time frame of it. Yeah, I think it was in the I, 80s. And that's in Long Island. Yeah. So that was pretty far from where they were at. Yeah, but I mean, I think that they were also like, it's a satanic cult that's doing this to these kids. Yeah. They're disappearing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was a lot of kids that had actually disappeared, you know. There was a fuckload of them. And they didn't link these two at the time, for sure, because nothing came up about Cropsy when this was... Well, I'm saying the panic aspect. Yeah, sure. 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 But yeah, like I said, it got nationwide attention right away. The thing was a goddamn mess. Um, Pretty swift action comes after the ball gets in motion. I mean, they have them both. They're interrogating them. And Jimmy starts admitting right away, like, yeah, I was there when he died. Um, and then, the, you know, they go and track down Albert, who I was telling you was part of their gang. Now, Albert was not one of their closest friends. You know, Jimmy and Ricky are the best friends. Albert was just as good friends with Gary as he was with Ricky, which is insane to me. And again, I, I think this is typical teenager shit, but like Albert couldn't be bothered to call the cops that one of his good friends just got killed. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was afraid. Um, some writing i mean there was a book written about this called say you love satan that's just a crock of shit you know yeah just one of those 
true crime, based on a true crime book that totally muddles the story into shit fiction and doesn't say that it does, but um, it made it seem like they had seen Ricky do all types of crazy shit, which they hadn't. You know, they had just gotten a bunch of cool drugs from Ricky and listened to him ramble on about Belial and Leviathan and Beelzebub and shit, and they hadn't seen him do a goddamn thing. So, in some people's minds, they may have been afraid of Ricky, but I highly doubt it. I think it was just typical teenager shit. One, you don't really care, you know? It's just like, oh, cool body, drugs, whatever. We're fucking just trying to I don't rub, know, man. rub our genitals together. I don't know, man. That motherfucker killed somebody, and then they're, like, showing you a body, and then it was like, don't tell nobody, because you're next. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that yeah, I mean, thing. that's a possibility. It's also a pretty good possibility that... Uh, you yawn and fuck. Man, it is weird that you didn't drink tonight. It's also a good possibility that uh, Albert was just afraid of the police. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, But Jimmy tells him right away, like, this is who was there. This is what happened. And what Jimmy tells the police to start with is that he was. they were both beating Gary up and that Jimmy held him down when he tried to run away. And uh, Ricky is the guy that stabbed him. And he said he was yelling satanic shit, yelling, say you love Satan. And they're doing the classic police thing where now they're telling Ricky, they probably were telling it even before he confessed, like, hey, your friend's singing the blues over there. He's told us everything. You need to just tell us in your words what happened. And so Ricky caves pretty much right away. And, of course, there's not crimes where they're at, you know. This is the biggest thing that's ever happened there. So the police force, even in interviews today, are just like, it's the most insane thing I've ever seen. Ricky is just casually describing the murder and uh, he describes it, I mean, similar to Jimmy, but a little bit different. You know, he says that Jimmy helped him hold him down, and then he stabbed him, and that he was trying to uh, send his soul over to Satan, is what Ricky tells him. Whoa. Yeah, he, he misses saying, say you love Satan. Ricky says that when he was dying, a giant black crow appeared, and that was Satan. And then Satan caught at him in approval Whoa. to take the kid's soul. so you know they're scared as shit and uh ricky also is scared they send him into a cell like a regular like the old school ones you would see you know like the bars beds um fucking playing harmonicas and slapping your piss pot around and then they put jimmy in another cell ricky just goes ahead and makes a noose out of the bedsheet, kills himself. Hmm. He he doesn't last more than forty eight hours after the time that he's been arrested. Wasn't it like uh, like when he did that though? There was like all the cellmates were screaming a bunch of crazy shit to him, and like he just knew that he was like they, a lot of people think that he just did that because he didn't think he could make it in prison. Yeah, that's a good detail. Um, I mean that I for one, Ricky definitely has some mental trouble. Yeah. Whoa. And then two, a lot of that mental trouble is heavy drug use induced. Yeah. At and a young age. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't do any psychedelics until I was an adult. Yeah. And I've had some really <clears throat> profound experiences that I've been mature enough to handle. I can't imagine with like raging hormones and having no knowledge of who you are as a person when you're at 16, 17 years old, you haven't figured anything out. You know, and then taking uh, perspective-shifting psychedelics all the time just had to scramble you up real good. Yeah. I mean, I know that you can go into – now, I, of course, think that using psychedelics for 
I mean, I go first of all, of course, I don't because it's illegal. This is all hypothetical. Yeah. But I think that there can be great benefits from pretty much all of them. You know, you can improve your mood. You can kind of reflect on your life from an outside perspective. You can get to the bottom of shit, you know, and you can just kind of disassociate from your normal day to day life. It just removes the ego out of your thought process and lets yeah, you really that's see a shit, fucking you know? tired trope, but it's true in I a mean, way. That's true, man. And when it's yeah, I mean, you just kind of. It's almost like being able to describe yourself like you would describe someone else's life. Yeah. So you can look at yourself like you would at someone else and kind of see like why you're upset or why these things are good, why these things are bad, what you should do to improve. I think I've had some great things happen allegedly if I would have taken them. Oh, yeah. How do you like find out you're gay? Yeah, that one. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I would just love to fucking slam an ass. <laughs> <laughs> The hairier and mustier, I get bustier. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. <laughs> Especially when one of them hairs is tied together to another hair. You're trying to shove it in there. And you're like, fuck, it's flossing my pee hole. But, yeah, kids just aren't prepared for that shit, dude. <laughs> and I don't think that there's such a thing as, like, permatrip. I think that's, like, a government yeah. scare tactic, scared straight type shit. But I think that if you have problems and you're on that shit and you're a kid and you don't know how to explain anything, it's going to scramble you up. And then, yeah, you're totally right. Like, be, like they watch TV in jail, so they know who this kid is. And then they're just, you know, pissed off convicts. It's always a funny thing about like convicts in prison and shit. Like they're all, everyone's on the straight and narrow kind of everyone's on team God. Cause that's how you get out of jail. You yeah. know, you just be Jesus Christ and you get reformed. So they're going to stomp this kid's fucking ass basically. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it's prison style tactics too. You're just fresh in They're scr- They're hazing you, you know? And, but yeah, I'm sure that contributed. I think all these factors, he just was overwhelmed. He saw the opportunity to kill himself. He probably was going to go to prison forever, man. Like, oh, hell yeah. I mean, they just like just the gruesome nature of the crime, you know, is his first offense. A lot of people get caught in crime of passion because of drug situations now. And it's, less harsh sentencing not that it's the right thing to do but you know sometimes justice can hear the side that like all this crazy shit happened i was out of my goddamn mind i shouldn't have been doing this activity but this is what happened this is honestly why and some people get gnarly sentences but you know like the possibility of parole after 20 years or whatever yeah yeah so he just says fuck it and kills himself and now it's so sensational someone's got to pay for this shit you know Mm -hmm. so the prosecuting attorney decides to put Jimmy on trial for capital murder. So stupid. So fucking stupid. I mean, at best, he should have been tried for, like, accessory to murder, you know? And their big play is that when they charge Jimmy with this, they've already decided to exchange Albert immunity for his role in the trial or for his role in the murder the the same way that Jimmy was for testifying, you know? And so luckily, um, Jimmy's family gets a fantastic attorney, Eric neighborg. And he comes in. And like I said, the thing is with Jimmy is that he's already confessed to holding him down while the murder takes place. And so the lawyer comes in and asks Jimmy like, Hey man, exactly what happened? And he said that Jimmy gives him one very believable account not the same as he gave police, but in that story, he ends up holding him down and he gets stabbed. And then he gives him another account where he doesn't hold him down, but he's saying that he's been an attorney, a defense attorney for 25 years at this point. He knows when someone's telling a lie. Yeah. And he does not getting the vibe that the guy is lying to him. 
he just is trying to shape out how it's going down like this. So he takes him to the crime scene, same thing. And when he gets out there, he starts describing an entirely different believable scenario as to what happened. And the attorney, Eric Neighbor, is like, look, man, you got to remember. You have to know exactly what happened. Now, I can't tell you to tell me something that didn't happen. But you got to remember because what you're telling me is totally believable, but you've done it three times with me and once with the cops now. You know, what's happening? And he says to the attorney, it's just so hard to remember what happened when you're laying down on drugs and the trees are melting and the stars are alive. And so right then, this fantastic attorney says, that's it. That's the angle is that him and Albert are both on way too many drugs to accurately remember what's happened. So it goes to trial, and it's uh, the state prosecution's whole game, again, is on Albert's testimony. Now, they've got evidence, but nothing puts Jimmy as a murderer for sure, as an accessory to murder. It's all his story. You know, there's no video. There's no, I mean, the DNA is everyone's fingerprints are everywhere. They were hanging out together. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the attorney is also super smart and is not going to put Jimmy on the stand. He's not going to let him get cross-examined and his story change and fall apart. There's no reason for him to tell a story at all. So all he does is go after Albert. And Albert is a sketchy character, just like these other guys are. He's been in trouble a couple times for drugs, skipping school. Like everyone knows that he's, in this group of fake Satan kids, you know, he's a pain in the ass. As he is cross examining Albert, Albert tells the story, how he says it happened. You know, Jimmy held him down, blah, blah, blah. And the lawyer, this is one of the coolest bamboozles I've heard in all the cases we've researched. He goes, uh, but didn't you say that there was a lion in the woods? And he goes, no, there's no, everyone knows there wouldn't be a lion in the woods. And he's like, well, didn't you hear that the circus was in town and a lion escaped and it was out in the woods and you saw the lion walking through the woods. And he was like, Oh shit. You know what? I actually did hear that the circus was in town and the lion escaped. And I thought I did see it in the woods. And he's like, and where was that in your statement? And the kid's like, well, I don't remember where I put in the statement. He's like, you don't remember. Well, what were you doing in the woods? And he explains how much drugs they were on again. And he's like, so what you're saying is that you're under the influence of these drugs. And now that I put into the mix that there was a lion that escaped from the circus, you think remembering back to that night when you were under the influence of all this, you saw a lion walking around. He says, yeah. It's like, but nowhere have you said there was a lion walking around. I just told you there was a lion walking around. And now you're saying that there was a lion walking around. The kid's like, oh, yeah. It's like, see, that's the thing, Albert, is that the police are to fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you're exchanging this testimony for immunity. You're not going to get in any trouble no matter what. The story that you were told by police is that this is what happened because they talked to them first. And you're agreeing with it. Now, I want you to remember. And he's like, you know what? I think I remember... Ricky stabbing him. I remember Ricky screaming, say you love Satan. I remember Ricky screaming all types of crazy Satan shit. I remember the blood. I remember trying to cover the body up. I remember them trying to cover the body up and I'm trying to get out of there. 
And I, I really honestly can't remember Jimmy touching him at all. But one thing's for certain, there was a goddamn line out in those yeah. woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when he does that, it's so apparently over. The judge calls both lawyers up to the bench and asks the prosecution if the state wants to go for a lesser charge, like manslaughter or accidental whatever. You know, like, uh, it's not manslaughter, but uh, negligent homicide. Yeah. Anything less. And the prosecution says, no, it's murder or nothing. So he says, okay. They clo- that That's it. Uh, and when the his attorney gives his final statement, again, this lawyer is a bad motherfucker. I like him. Uh, I don't like a ton of attorneys, especially defense attorneys, because yeah. they often, uh, again, it, a lot of it has to do with these kids have money. Yeah. A lot of times the people that we see, it's a public defender and uh, I'm sure they don't want to have a loss on the record, but at the same time, they're not seem to be near as good as this. His, the defense's closing statement is he says, uh, was there a devil out in the woods? I doubt it. Was Ricky in league with Satan? Perhaps, perhaps he thought he was, uh, he killed the kid. Did Jimmy have anything to do with it? Well, we don't know. That's for God to know. And only God should be able to judge and punish this young man. The deli- the jury deliberated for 36 hours, and they came back and delivered a verdict of not guilty. And uh, It took that fucking long. 36 hours. Yeah, I mean, you know how it is, dude. There was probably a juror in the group who was super religious. I mean, you know how they interviewed jurors. I'm sure that there was a, like one or two hangers on. And, yeah. You know, talk that shit all out. Or maybe they... We're just enjoying not being at work and eating snacks in a fucking jury house and talking about how cool devil shit is. Turkey and Swiss croissants, man. Yeah, so he was fingers. all the way free. You could never get charged on Double Jeopardy. It, there's plenty of interviews with Jimmy out there. I mean, he is definitely scrambled from all the shit that he did. Um, he looks rough. He's got a kid. None of them said what he does for a living, but he's still out there, man. Yeah, Albert's out there too, but he won't do any interviews or anything. And uh, Jimmy still lives in the same town, you know, <laughs> it's just, shit. Yeah, yeah, that's just that type of shit, man. You know, rich parents, that's your only opportunity. You live out there. I mean, the whole thing's sad, but super entertaining. And then, of course, after that, I mean, the media just went batshit with it as they do. Satanic panic was the biggest selling thing. We know how all that turned out. None yeah. of it's ever been real. I mean, all all to me that happened here is you had some kids who were rich as shit. Rich kids always fall into drugs because they have no reason to worry about their future. Yeah. It's all taken care of. Like, their parents were taken care of. They see the cycle. They know what they're coming into. And so they just wild out, party, forget about shit, and then find what seems rebellious and cool to them and then just end up going down that path and it can go one way. It could go another way. You know what I mean? Could just be, I don't you, I mean like usually you got a lot of money. There's some kind of like weird sex thing you're doing. Like you're like, Oh man, I don't ever want to fuck nothing. But I like to spit up a butthole and I don't really care what kind of butthole it is. There's like a spit up it when I see one just raw hanging out and just <laughs> fucking spit up a butt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's what gets you off. And then you just do a fucking weird ass homeless drugs like PCP. <laughs> like, yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah. PCP just seems so wild. And I, I just, uh, man, I found out recently, I just have no clue what type of weird 
drugs and shit people are doing because I don't like you just don't notice it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not like a, but whatever, man. Teach their own. That's another classic case now in uh, Death Metal Dicks file history. We debunk some more Satanist bullshit. And let me tell you guys, all especially Levey and Satanism is is uh, belief. It's it's just carnal. It's belief that you're not a spiritual being, but you're a carnal being. You're an animal, and that you should embrace your animalistic side rather than embrace your spiritual side. It's really not that confusing. And especially LeVay, and, I mean, Anton LeVay was just a troll before the internet. I mean, we've said this before, but if you're just tuning in now, people got so worked up about that shit, but there was not a forum for he to him to spoof people on. But that's all he did. He was like a carnival worker, and he just loved freaking people out. Yeah. And he learned that there was money to be made and being that type of person. And he was... Loved to party, loved to take drugs, loved to have orgies, was having orgies with like all the famous people. He was a good looking dude and uh, he was just wild as fuck, man. Like he moved into a neighborhood in San Francisco and the neighbor saw him moving in and he had a bunch of old relics and creepy shit. And, you know, he kept a bald head and a goatee, which back then was not the normal look. It's San Francisco. Like everyone's like long haired hippies and shit. And he's dressed in all black. And so they started spreading rumors, and the cops kept showing up looking for bodies because everybody. So he just tripled down. He got a I, I can't even remember the name. Like, a, is it Calcafani or Calcafani? That circus yeah, instrument yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. like ooh, doo 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 ding taka bing ding dong. Yeah, he yeah. got one of those calcophones or whatever the fuck they're called. He painted. And then he was hanging out with Sammy Davis Jr. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> he was hanging out with tons of celebrities, yeah. but he painted his yard the grass. He painted it all black. He painted his everything that you could see from the outside of his house black. The inside walls kept the windows open, so you had like all these pastel colored, peace and love like same type of people that there is now, like Patagonia wearing, yeah. fucking like yeah man yoga and eating a little bit of weed every once in a while, eating salads. Wear a three XL shirt with my yoga pants and some fucking sandals. Yeah, that type of shit yeah. was going on in San Francisco in the '60s, and Anton Lavey said fuck this and just got. Creeped everybody out, and then he liked doing that shit so much, he just invented a religion. I mean, if you read the book, it's all pageantry. It's all tongue-in-cheek. It's funny. He's funny. Yeah, dude. And uh, people just latched onto that shit, and that's where the roots are in America. Now, there is ancient, ancient, ancient demons, devils, all types of shit. But generally especially in the satanic panic shit, the root of everything is always a satanic Bible. Yeah. And that is a joke. And none of them motherfuckers like read it. Like they no, don't, they never it, do. It they just, just look at it. Or if they read something, what they uh, do is look at the outside cover. And then, the, you know, yeah. the parts where they're like instructing how to do black masses, the names of demons, what demons do. And he did take that from like Gnostic texts. And like the Lesser Key of Solomon, I mean, he did. It's a good read, yeah, and it's fun. Again, it's hilarious. And, and the thing is, is like I think it's the nine satanic statements or or something like. Where it even yeah. says like, uh, you know, don't hurt children and don't hurt animals. Yeah, and it's like, and that's like the first ten pages of the goddamn. Yeah, book. Yeah, but that doesn't sell hazy talk shows. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. That's just fun. <laughs> but anyway, man, uh, happy to debunk it. As we uh, usually close down, we'll give a shout-out to all of our top-tier patrons. Bobby, 
Henderson. It's his birthday today. Yeah, happy birthday, so, uh, Bobby. He's probably watching on YouTube. He usually does. Happy birthday. Or maybe he's like off drinking somewhere tonight, which yeah. I hope is the case because uh, celebrate that birthday. Maybe he's doing man. some PCP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might be doing it. Uh, of course, Cat McCorkle on that highest platform. Our friend Ryan Parker. Ryan Parker actually called me on my way to Missouri on Thursday, and he told me the serial killer that he wants us to take a look into. And it's cool as hell. I'm not going to spoil it, okay. but I'm doing research on it now. And it's a big case. It's like a lot of different angles. They never caught the person who he's telling me about. And so I'm having to track down a lot of stuff, which is a lot of fun. I'm excited to do it. Yeah, you guys are going to awesome. love it. And uh, that's another thing we offer on Patreon. You know, if you're on a certain tier, you can suggest a serial killer that you want us to look into. So if there's like a crime that happened in your area and you'd like to hear me and Buddy's take on it, uh, just get involved with that and we'll work together on it. And you can also do that with a song. If you have a particular song that you want linked up, we'll tell you, we'll tell your name. You pick the song. That's how we do things here. We want to make it a fun, interactive community. And a big shout out to the Bradshaw family. They're also patrons. They came out to our live show. Cat came out to our live show in Northwest Arkansas. Some of them made a long ass drive. It was so great to meet you guys in person. And again, this is exactly what we're trying to do is just go do live shows, meet the people that like what we're doing, show new audiences what we're doing. And uh, I think it was entertaining as hell. I'm going to have it up online so you can tell us. And then if you know people who book metal shows, book comedy shows in town, let's uh, work together. Get us out to your town because we're definitely trying to go out on the road. I've talked to a lot of people about some prospective dates, and uh, we'd like to do at least one a month as we start getting in the swing of things. Yeah. It's been, man, yeah, I really enjoyed meeting a lot of these people these shows, man. There were some new people I met too, man. It was was a good time, man. There's nothing... There was it was fun, it's fucking fun. Hell yeah! Now if you know death metal dicks, you know one of our favorite things is trying to listen to Buddy, <laughs> who's sober right now. Buddy's sober, so keep in mind when he's reading these lyrics, ninety percent of the time he is actually hammered. Ninety eight percent, and it's always his goddamn excuse. I'm drunk, man. Let's okay. In the like, just like Varg says, let's find out. <laughs> All right, tonight. We have decided to pick a blasphemous song to go on with a blasphemous crime. We picked Archgoat, Fornicated Messiah. On a winter night when star was bright, in a shed a child was born. The king of Jews, of mortal blood, soon to be scorned. Poor Mary carried the fruit lust by the Holy Ghost, disguised as the hobo gang. From the slums of Jerusalem, burning rage and impotent carpenter left Mary is bruises. She hid the tears, fled to comfort, to waiting arms of Holy Ghost. Bastard son, Judean swine, ended this path on a cross of pain. Glory at Golgotha. A little better. Yeah, man. You didn't stumble on any words. What always makes me laugh is just your pacing. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like uh, my my uh, daughter fully understands phonetics, yeah, and fluency. And if she reads something, she reads it like she was speaking to you. Yeah, I don't do that because I, I can't. But that's what I always wondered <laughs> if that's like how you read to yourself. Like that's what no. I'm trying to get. The, like if you're reading a book, you just fucking like. Sometimes I gotta reread shit. Because I'm just like, man, I just read just that like, and I already fucking forgot. Expertus 
Patronus Harry Potter. I don't like that shit. Was in the cavern of wizards, and then he had looked at a thing that I just, and that's how like my five year old son reads. Yeah. Like he just like tries to get through the words. Like he just reads the words. There's no like sentence flow to it, and that's how you read. Yeah, man, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do choppy shit like on a cooking channel. Like I, fucking, uh, I can't. Yeah, I mean, I understand shit when I read it. But sometimes I got to reread it, and then I mean, when I jack off, I do the same thing. It's real choppy. Big mess though. Big mess. To clean up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I imagine that. You know, like I've known Buddy for fucking years now, and he is. I'm a very impulsive person. Buddy's even more impulsive than me. He just like does. He doesn't like, I'll just do, if something pops up in my head and it seems cool, like I'm just going to do it and I won't be able to not do it because it came into my head. I don't think Buddy even has that thought. He just like <laughs> fucking flows through everything. <laughs> and it's generally an amazing sight to behold. <laughs> I just imagine when he goops, he's the fucking type that shoots it all over his stomach and goes to bed. You know what I mean? I like those motherfuckers that are like, man, I'm going to have this spiritual thing where I got to walk across coals, but they're on their tippy toes. That's how I come. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was just saying that earlier. You're always yeah, yeah, tippy, yeah. You fucking saw you on the tippy toes in the shower. Ooh, this shit's hot. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, look for that uh, live episode this week. We got this coming out, and then we'll have the record review up on YouTube. That's uh, YouTube. Death Metal Dicks. Oh, last thing. I, I almost forgot. Um, you guys will know that we work with uh, our producer, Mark. He's trying really hard on, or not trying, he is. He's working on a uh, media collective. You know, he's got like a podcast channel. He's trying to do a bunch of podcasts. He has a podcast, and you can find that on iTunes. Uh, that's Epizidukes of the Blowhole, which uh, those are just two out of three words are things that those old Muppets would say to each other. I feel like they're not even, they're like uh, a word, you know, when people used to have hearing aids and Looney Tunes cartoons and they put that thing in their ear to hear what they're saying while well, they're spitting in a spittoon. Yeah. That's like the type of words you would say into that thing. But episodes of the blowholes, it's uh four dudes talking about Arkansas shit and farts and pogs and shit like that. So check that out on iTunes. Um, but he was going with, professional pirate media and i understand that that was a confusing name to look at or he wanted to make a shift but he's calling it cantankerous media group now so we're of course part of that collective we record at mark's house mark produces the podcast and helps us out with a ton of stuff and he's i'm saying that because we always do the live youtube on professional pirate media he's working on changing that right now they've got all their social media shifted over so you can follow them on every platform of media, if you already followed Professional Pirate, it would have just shifted over. But if you're not following them, I think you should. And he's going to be putting out a lot of our content on Instagram and things like that, too. So follow Cantankerous Media Group. Again, a 1920s word, Cantankerous Media Group. And then um, follow us on all social media networks. Uh, Facebook, some capitalist nightmare of a way to scam money out of ding dongs who put on local comedy shows. Yeah. You can go to death metal dicks on Facebook better than that. Well, I mean like that, you know, there's a reason this fucking stats and shit on there. We're not the best at doing it, but just give it a little like a root. Like just boost the number and that strokes our ego or whatever the fuck it does better than that though. You can instant message me or buddy on there and you can definitely add us on there or follow us. I'm uh, Christopher M Pierce. Buddy's buddy Lloyd, pretty straightforward name. Instagram, I am smells like Teen Chris. 
Buddy is Lloyd Have Mercy 666. And we are Death Metal Dicks on Instagram. That's the best social media account that we have. You yeah. should definitely follow Death Metal Dicks on Instagram. Buddy runs that. He does a great job. He will talk to anybody. I will talk to anybody. Uh, we got Twitter, too, but I don't use that at all. I can't remember who it was. There was some dude from Philly that we were talking about some metal shit, and then I was like, man, I think Philadelphia is probably my favorite place for rap, and then I never got a message back. It was like, fucking poser. <laughs> <laughs> he was from Philadelphia? I think so, yeah. That's just because we like uh, Jedi Mind Tricks, man. That's all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, another great episode. Good to hang out with you guys. We'll see you next week. Yes, we'll be back recording live next Wednesday on YouTube, and then we'll be podcasting that ass on Friday as always. All right. Hail Satan. Eating Satan's ass. Good night. Chuck.